Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On SEN Tassie, Jack and Flash. With Jack Revolt and David Lithgow. Hello and welcome to another edition of Jack and Flash. We're live on 1629 SEN Tassie, 1611 SEN Northern Tasmania and right around the country on the SEN app. It's all thanks to Harrison Agents selling your home. Contact Harrison Agents today. David Lithgow here with you. No Jack, of course, he's going to be joining us after eight with the Thursday night footy, but it's always a thrill for me to bring in my old mate, Brett Jeeves, who's wandered in on a big day of sport yesterday. Good morning, Jeeva. Good morning, Flash Man. Thanks for having me again. Well, we had everyone in town yesterday, my friend. They were all coming in. I saw Big Gill walking in, then punter slides off in front of him. He ducks around to the left. Amazing. They missed, they missed him. They didn't know he was coming. All the, I love it when all the local <laughs> journos, they put their best suits on. You know something, something's happening. They're all wearing ties. Uh, Brent Costello, who will be joining us, he did his hair even. It was uh, yeah, terrific to see. Jack has mentioned to join us after 8 a.m. after the Tigers. Gee, that was a much-needed win to the mighty mighty Richmond Footy Club. They needed that over Port Adelaide last night. one three hundred forty two fifteen thirty three. Give us a call, 0437 We want your reaction on what happened yesterday. The AFL's meeting, of course, with Je- Jeremy Rockcliffe, the new Premier. Um, we've had a disruptive two or three weeks. You would, I think, it's the best way to put it, Brett, in terms of uh, what's happened to this bid. Three weeks ago, we thought it was a dollar one. It was happening. Everything was right, and things have changed a bit. So um, we've got some good audio here. Can you have a listen to this for me first? Let's have a listen to Jeremy Rockcliffe, then Gil McLaughlin, then the Swans president. Oh, your man. Well, I'm not sure he is actually. <laughs> this Andrew will, this will break your heart hearing this audio. That was on three AW yesterday. Let's have a listen. Uh, actually had some uh, terrific discussions, productive discussions. Uh, we're on the one page in terms of you know, progressing a Tasmanian uh, licence. Uh, we believe very much uh, as a state government that we have uh, got a very good uh, and strong uh, offer on the table. And we'll, there'll be matters that we will work through uh, that, but uh, very productive discussions today. And of course, uh, they will continue. I think if you look around this country, you look at the AFL and the cities, AFL and other sports and events being played, you need a, a, a stadium that can compete in 2022 or 2025 or whenever it is, 2026 or whatever, a stadium can be built. So whether it's contingent or however you want to frame it, and I'll take responsibility for this, this team uh, needs and will have a new stadium if you want to play, if you want a licence. And I think Tasmanians would expect that uh, north and south. If you don't have a... Uh, uh, a stadium that, that is um, delivers for this state, like Adelaide does for South Australians and the city of Adelaide, where it gives uh, an economic stimulus. Because it's not just football; it's cricket and soccer and events and dark mofo and everything else that would go there. And um, it's it's frankly a sense of pride and, and what that does and the energy that gave. I know that Adelaide Oval gave Adelaide, and I think Optus Optus Stadium's given Perth, and so. Um, if there's going to be a 19th licence, there's a lot to go through. 
there'll be a new stadium, and whether, however you want to frame it, I don't want to. Give, that's just my view, and I think the Premier understands that, and I think agrees, and I think every Tasmanian I've spoken to agrees as well. Very, very open to Tasmania having a better football experience. I'm very sceptical on the economics and a number of aspects, player talent, for example, aspects of a 19th team. When South Melbourne moved to Sydney, it's taken 40 years and slowly but surely people have changed their allegiances and now have great passion for the Sydney Swans. The majority of people who support the Sydney Swans had a prior team. You can't ask the clubs to have an open mind to Tasmania coming to the competition and a 19th licence if Tasmania can't have an open mind to a different model. Andrew Pridham. Um, <laughs> well, look, as you know, Brett, I'm, in case you didn't know, I'm a big Swan supporter. I was unaware uh, of that, to be honest. <laughs> And that's the president of the Swans. That was last week, of course. Jeremy Rockliffe and Gil McLaughlin was yesterday. Um, look, how do we unwrap this all? Where do we start? Um, what's your immediate reaction from what you heard yesterday, in particular from Jeremy and Gil? Yeah, I, I don't think we'll start with Pridham. Let's, no, let's slide that off to the well, yeah. yeah, we'll slide that off to the side for the moment. He doesn't get it. To me, the the concern is around the lack of vision with Blunston Arena. The amount of money that's been tipped into that as a venue. The Ricky Ponting stand was built. Redevelopment of the members. Uh, a whole pile of money has gone into that venue for what? So if best case scenario is we get this stadium that for $750 million should double as a bridge and get us to the eastern shore as well, maybe hovercraft us down to South Arm even, who knows? But it's a hell of a lot of money. Where was, where was the... There's just a complete lack of vision in, you know, uh, 10 years ago or five years ago, the Ponting Stand was built $48 million or some outrageous amount of money that, uh, that put CT in a bit of a hole. Uh, there was some concerns around the finances of that. Why wasn't this discussed five years ago? That if, if Tassie's serious about a team, you need a proper stadium. You need to build this yep. $750 million Goliath on the, on the river and we can save you $40 million. We, we can invest ten and and create Blunston or, or Belrive Oval as a, as a training facility. CT can stay there as a base because what, what we're being told is that doesn't stack up mm. and York Park doesn't stack up as, as AFL venues. Yeah, it's a funny one, Bill Reeve. I mean, you and I have, um, you know, we've, we were, were old enough to know when it started there in about 1990, what have you, the vision from Dennis Rogers, wasn't it? Oh, the Clarence remarkable. Goody, Dennis Clarence. is a doyen. Uh, amazing, well, amazing sure, work. Tick, tick, tick. However... I think that's where the problem started because the venue should never have been. It should have been the domain. Of course, it should. 100%. have been. It yeah. should have been up a domain. The Public re- transport, walk, boats, get you out, name it, yeah. drive out yeah. any corner, wherever yeah. you wanted, yeah. and that would have been the mecca of Hobart. I mean, I could never understand what happened. And in fairness to Mr. Rogers, who you said did do a terrific job, but he was a Clarence person. He wanted it here. He wanted it in his backyard, and that's in, in, in I guess, in essence, what happened. And then from there, I've just never walked into Bell Road and thought this is an awesome footy ground. I've always thought it doesn't. It's not a good footy ground. It's not no, a good it's footy set up ground. for cricket. Yes, I don't think there's any questions no. around that. And, and look, York Park's a little bit the same. It's flat, and the seating yeah, but it's is a footy is, ground, though, is, isn't it? It's back so far, yeah. so like there aren't unless you're in that premium member stand. Yeah. there's not a good seat on that on that far wing, yeah. uh, or in or in those pockets. I mean, we, we've got members' tickets. I'm a Hawks fan, and we'll cover yeah. that with Mr. Pridham shortly, but. Yeah. Uh, our seats are horrible. You know, you, you look straight into the sun. If you're a one thirty, two thirty game, you've got to wear your sunnies. Um, it's, uh, it's, it, it is a poor ground in terms of being able to watch the football. As a boy from Scottsdale uh, that used to love going and watch the Mighty Magpies play North Launceston, if it was back in the day, as a little, little kid, I've always thought York Park's a wonderful footy ground and it has a different feel for me 
completely than what mm. it does to Bell Reef. Mm. But I think we can put that aside, really, can't we? Because York Park's now not the issue. It's the issue is what's going on down here. Yeah. And what I don't understand, we're going to get to some of these texts, the text machine's going absolutely bonkers. I don't understand why we're now talking about the stadium. Well, of course it's part of the deal. If we're going to have a footy team, you're going to have a new stadium. Yeah, but I just don't understand. Aren't you? Yeah, um, well... Are we? Well, I thought so. I mean, I mean, we've been hosting AFL-level football here for some time. Yep. And this isn't new to the agenda, mm. the state team. This isn't something that, that's been stumped up in the last five minutes. Oh, hey, okay, cool conversation. Now you need a stadium. We, we, someone along these conversations must have known when the Ricky Ponting stand was built and all this money got tipped into, into the development of Blunston Arena that this was on the cards. This isn't new. And, and, and this is what surprises me, that... What becomes of Blunston Arena? So we build this $750 million mecca. Yep. What's going to happen with the Ricky Pony stand? Do they bulldoze it? Does, does it become the greatest stand in the history of training facilities? Like, uh, is it, it just become Clarence's home ground for footy? Uh, they might play some Shield games there. It becomes Junction Oval, uh, you know, in, in terms of, you know, how that's mapped out as a bit of a B plan to the MCG. So... Yeah, I mean, there to me, it's it's the lack of vision on that front that that I find almost confronting. You know, that we've just blown an enormous amount of money for for no reason. Let's go to the text machine. Um, all sorts of different views. The first one coming from George is go away, pretty you ferret. We don't want to. I think am I allowed to say ferret on the radio? I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> I think you can. And we're not interested in your opinion. You don't get it. Um, there is no way I will support a Tasmanian team over my lifelong team, Melbourne. Maybe you would have said that because Melbourne have been hopeless for 50 years, but you're a flag favourite now. As well. The only thing <laughs> I would say, Mick from Devil's Den, but he, he goes on here, possibly they would be my second team. Footy's almost dead in Tasmania. The damage was done years ago. Well, I agree with that, and I think that's why this whole thing's so super important. Can I just add to that? Just, yep. and, and, and Thank with you, Mick. The, and it's a great text because it does raise the point with Andrew Pridham's quote is that every Tasmanian is having a, is having two teams and I'm yep. I, I'll, I'll be a member of both of course, 100% of I'm having the jumper of, of both yep. um, kids will have it and when they play each other I'm walking out a winner it's going to be phenomenal and you know I can't lose when Hawthorne play Tasmania uh, at the $750 million uh, $750 million hovercraft that'll, that'll place itself on the river Peter in Launceston just build it whatever it costs it'll be worth it not just the AFL team not just for the AFL team that comes in, absolutely, and that's the thing with it. I mean, Matt, the transformation for me, the vision of this thing here in Hobart and all the opportunities that, uh, for all sports and music and what have you, I find it breathtaking to think about that. Um, the AFL hasn't had an issue playing AFL games at York Park and Bill Reef for the last decade. Why, whilst they take millions of dollars from the government, why is this an issue now, Harry, from Richmond? It's a big topic. It's big bugs, Bunny. The Labor Party brought it up a week and a bit ago, and we think that maybe started the, the ball rolling, Brett, in terms of this um, stadium energy that we're all talking about. Do you, do you think the AFL use that as leverage? That, okay, we actually, of course they do. You know, we actually have the opposition party are going to side oh, with us yeah. here that, that this is problematic, so we can kind of leverage off that a little bit. I mean, they're, they're smart enough to work that out, but... I do still agree. While all this plays on in the background, this is this is the confronting part that we have blown so much money in in redeveloping the uh, Blunston Arena. Um, you know that if this seven hundred and fifty million dollar mecca goes on, this it's just it's wasted. You know, and and we have issues in society 
that need dealing with them. We've spoken about this the last couple of weeks. Health, homelessness, interest rates are, are rising through the roof at the moment, which is going to see an increase in rents, um, which is only going to further the homelessness issue. Um, so there, there are enormous problems uh, locally that, that need funding. And I can fully understand, and I know that, that you're not on board with this, but... No, no, I, I, do, can, I get it. I can yeah. fully hang, understand. Hang on, pal. You just remember, my, my whole family is doctors, nurses and social workers. And me. Well, you don't need the money I then. Totally you're good to go. No, Your interest I, I, rates I, are no problem. No, but don't say <laughs> that. I get it totally. I get the health. This is abs- you're absolutely right. Can I just say about this? We've got a Twitter poll going up here, Brett. After yesterday's meeting between Gil McLaughlin and Jeremy Rockcliffe, how are you feeling about the Tassies AFL bid? Glass half full or glass half empty? Get on the SEN Twitter poll, at SEN Tassie. We'd love to hear you cast your vote or watch you cast your vote, see what it happens and tell us what you think. It's really interesting because I'm going with glass half full by the way, just for the record. What about you? This is the, the sticking point's going to be this cash. And I, I You're honest, a slight pessimist. Oh, enormous. <laughs> one of the greatest. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's a real problem for me. But I just see this money uh, being a huge problem, and it should be a huge problem. It is an enormous amount of money yep. that could you know, hugely impact, if we spend it elsewhere, um, could hugely impact other areas of the state. And and look, to be honest, more important areas of the state. So, I, I, so I, can I say on the record, you're saying you don't want this stadium. Is, is, that, is that where we're at? I know, I want it. I want it badly. But I want the federal government to pay for it. And I want the AFL to chip in. And look, I, I mentioned I mentioned Walshy. I mentioned Walshy <laughs> last week. Someone need the ring. Yeah. Someone rang him. Yeah. And, you know, Dark Mofa are on board. If if we can if we can get this stadium without it without it costing the state government you know access to support properly supporting the health system and what's going to be a crisis when it comes to homelessness an even greater crisis through interest interest rate rises um, which will impact on rents um, yeah let's do it but I don't think it, it can come at the cost of of those huge issues in society just one more text just before we go to our next break Brent Costello from Win News coming up after the Next break, David, off the text. This is what he's got to say, Brett. It's about the future and the growth. The government should commit to a stadium. Gill said the other venues would be okay until it's built. Get it sorted. So, look, interesting. We're going to talk about this all morning. It's great to have your company, David. Lithgow and Brett Jeeves with you this morning, filling in for Jackie Revolt. We'll have him after 8 a.m. this morning. The Tigers getting the victory last night. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On SEM Tassie, Jack and Flash. With Jack Revolt and David Lithgow. Welcome back everybody. David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves with you this morning on Jack and Flash. A huge program with lots and lots of conversations about... Golly, everything sport related. We've we've couldn't have a radio show at a better time with everything that happened. And look, one person, Brett, that generally knows what's happening in sport in this town, as you know, is the leading sports journal in this end of the state. Brent Costello for Win News, who was front and centre with everything that happened yesterday. Good morning, Brent. Morning, Flash. Morning, Jeezy. How are you, boys? Going really well, mate. Firstly, we um, saw your little video clip there and the. Big six foot six, Gil McLaughlin walks in, and you didn't probably realise the little former Tasmanian megastar was just in front of him, ducked around to the left there, and that's another story we'll probably save for another day. But um, you were very much bombarded with some of the superstars of Australian sport. 
Yeah, we were. We actually asked Rick if he was 1A or Gil was 1A on the plane, and he said that was certainly uh, Gil's, the back of Gil's head he was looking at on the way down. But, yeah, you're right. We weren't expecting Ricky to walk off the plane. We knew he was in town yesterday, but uh, not coming off the same plane as Gil. But, uh, yeah, we didn't muck around. We got straight on to Gil's case as he got off the plane. And, uh, yeah, uh, obviously uh, what transpired uh, was, was pretty brutal, wasn't it? He was pretty honest and said what we need to do to get uh, our team now. So we've got a bit of work to do. From your perspective, um, Brett, how did it unfold yesterday's meeting? Um, what did what were some of the main takeaways uh, for you? Yeah, I think that that's just it. Flash the stadium. I think uh, we didn't we didn't expect him to come down and be that brutal and blunt. I suppose so. Um, that's we've got, just got to get it done now. And I think you uh, was you know said look at look what's happened in Perth. Look what's happened in Adelaide. This is why you guys need to get a, a stadium of your own. It uh, you know rejuvenate cities. Um, obviously it's going to come at a really big cost. And I think that's going to be the next point of conversation. Where's this money going to come from? Um, you know, it's a lot of money. We know that. And those figures were a little bit murky that came out about the $750 million. Um, you know, Andrew Wilkie's in a very safe seat in Clark federally. Um, it's going to have to have a lot of federal funds behind this. Um, you know, local government as well. So I think that's going to be the next topic of conversation in the lead up to August. Bruno, what's uh, what's the inside uh, word on potential Walsh involvement? Is there any is there any sort of murmurings around? You know, private backing's been spoken about a bit. Are, are you hearing anything on the Mona front? Not on the Mona front uh, specifically, Jeezy. No, but it wouldn't surprise would it? And uh, you know, it's going to have to have some some private backers as well. You'd think to, to make up some of this money, um, definitely. But yeah, Mona specifically, I haven't heard. But uh, that's the other point Gil made yesterday. This isn't just for footy. You've got to look outside the square. It's going to be, be for things like dark mobile, concerts, soccer, uh, cricket, everything. Um, so, that, And that's what his message was. Don't just look at this as a footy thing. Bruno, just on that on that private backing front, are, are you hearing anything? Any any local businesses? I mean, you know, we've got some some enormous wealth, some amazing uh, local businesses that are that are doing very well in the global scale. Are, are you hearing anything on that front? No, I haven't. I haven't, to be honest. Uh, whether it's happening behind the scenes or not, uh, and whether people are putting up their hands. Uh, you know, Larry Kesselman put his name up a few months ago and said he was happy to help out, potentially uh, not necessarily with the, the cost of the stadium, but uh, some intel on how, how well the jack jumpers have been set up. But uh, as far as uh, people go, uh, I reckon that might be a conversation happening behind closed doors, but I certainly haven't heard any names individually or anything. Brent, it was about eight or nine days ago, firstly, that we heard from the Labor Party. And if you actually cast your mind back to a couple of years too, the Labor Party are very critical about the jack jumpers' involvement. Um, in terms of where that money was coming from and what that was going to do. Um, we've had a Labor spokesman come out yesterday saying the Labor Party fully supports Tassie's bid for an AFL team. We've offered our full support to the government's bid based on the briefing we were provided, which did not include a floating stadium. In fact, that was confirmed by Premier Rockcliffe this week. It now appears that the former Premier Gutwin might have overplayed his hand by announcing an unfunded floating stadium commitment with no plan for delivery that has been caught up in the bid for the AFL team. Tassie deserves an AFL team, but we shouldn't have to pay $750 million to join. Um, bipartisan's a hard thing to ever find, uh, Bruno, in any government. Um, is, is both parties fully on board? Um, or is it, what, what's your take on that? 
Yeah, well, it certainly um, yeah, did have the bipartisan support. There's no doubt about that. But as you said, Flash, it was for the, the bid itself, not the stadium on top of that. So that's what uh, Labor's message has been uh, through budget estimates during the week, um, that uh, they'll support the push itself, but not uh, what comes with it. I think the other term we have to get out of our vocabulary, vocabulary is uh, floating stadium, because the thing won't be floating. I've had that drummed into my head this week. <laughs> uh, it'll be, it, it might be on the water, but it certainly won't be floating. Um, but, yeah, look, it's certainly become a, a political issue, hasn't it? Um, so there's a bit of work to do there because we, we need to look organised. That's the other thing, I think. We don't want to look disorganised. Have everyone on the same page and trying to, you know, really push this as a united, uh, united front, just as, as our um, belief has made a campaign suggests. So I think we need to, to get our, our ducks in a row and, and make sure we look, uh, look sharp. Bruno, on a, on a personal level, how, how, do you, how do you go dealing with uh, the politicians? I mean, you're a local sports journo. Bit of a transition into dealing with uh, with a bit of local politics now, where we see you maybe front and centre, maybe skirting <laughs> around the packs on the, on that front. I think you're going to have to, Jesse. Yeah, it's going to become uh, the big issue around town, I reckon. So I haven't had to delve too much into politics uh, before, but uh, I think this is going to be a very big talking point. So did a little bit of budget estimates uh, during the week, and uh, no doubt I'll be doing a bit more in the next couple of months to lead up to the vote, I reckon. David off the text. It's about future and growth. The government should commit to a stadium. Gill said the other venues would be okay to its built. Brent, why are we having this conversation about the stadium? Surely this was... Maybe I'm naive and I certainly don't have the intel of you, but wasn't this part of the deal? This is... Of course we've got to have a new stadium. No? Well, uh, yeah, a lot of people saying, why can't we use UTAS? Why can't we use Blunston? They've been good enough for North Melbourne. They've been good enough for Hawthorne. Let's look at Bell Reef. Uh, you know, it's a cricket ground, let's be honest. It's not suitable for footy. You can't even get a cheer squad at one end of the ground. Yes, it's been okay uh, to host North Melbourne games, but, uh, yeah. We do. I, I agree. We need a new stadium if we want a new team. Um, and, you know, you guys would have probably been to Perth and Adelaide like I have. It's, it's incredible what you can do over there. Walk to the ground in 10 minutes, stop and have a beer on the way, and, you know, afterwards as well. It, it really does open up uh, uh, cities. So um, I think we do. Um I guess, the, yeah, the content's the issue and making sure it's got enough content there 365, you're not going to have it 365 days of the year, but having enough content there to make it viable moving forward. But, um, yeah, I think it'll be fantastic. Uh, one last one, Bruno. Uh, what's the timeline from here between now and the vote? What's, um, what's your thought process with that? Yeah, well, I think um, I think everything else aside now, it's just all about this stadium. I think, um, I, I don't know if we I'll go as far as saying if we get a stadium, we've got a team, but it seems to be that way, doesn't it? Because I think that's the other thing. So when the government released these plans a couple of months ago, uh, of the pitches, etc., that's when everyone sort of took notice on the mainland, I reckon, uh, and said, gee, this looks good. This is what could happen if Tassie get a team. So uh, I think I think if we can get this stadium over the line, we'll go close to getting this, this done just about. Um, so I think that's just going to be the talking point from here, boys. Where's this money coming from? How are we going to get this stadium built? Brent Costello for Win News. Thank you so much for your insights. We uh, really appreciate it, mate. No worries, boys. Big fan of the show. Keep up the good work. Brett, the Twitter poll. We're running at about 64% of people glass half empty, 36% glass half full. I'm in the glass half full category, but I'm getting walloped at the moment. Um, now, Brett, some big news yesterday with Ricky Ponting. We mentioned that he snuck in before Gill wasn't sitting in 1A, as we established with Brent Costello. Uh, officially returning to the Hurricanes as head of strategy. Punter is back in town. This is the audio from yesterday. 
even for me just to pull back on a purple shirt again um, feels me full of pride as well. You know, I haven't lived in the state for a long time, but every game of cricket that I played was for, for Tasmania or for the Hobart Hurricanes. Um, obviously, Tasmanian through and through, and I, I wanted to be able to give back to a state and a cricket organisation that's given me so much um, right from the age of sort of 12 or 13 when the junior cricket sort of stuff started until where I am now. So most of my post-playing life, if you like, has been involved around T20 cricket, whether it's been coaching, playing or sitting in the commentary box sort of analysing and breaking down the game from a tactical point of view. Um, I think one of the things I can also bring to the Hurricanes this year is having commentated so much on the, B- the BBL, sort of my knowledge of the opposition players is probably going to be as good as anyone's uh, going around Australia as well. To have a project like this back in Australian cricket again, um, and more importantly back in Tasmanian cricket again, for me, is going to be a great challenge, um, but also one that I'm really looking forward to. So that was the big news of yesterday. Ricky Ponning joins the Hurricanes as head of strategy. Won't be stepping away from his commentary commitments um, he'll work around his work with Channel 7. Very importantly, he will help for the selection of new coach. Now, on the, the back of that as well, Brett, I listening to the rest of it yesterday, he mentioned that many, many people have been spoken about as the head coach of the Hurricanes. However, Justin Langer is the person he's spoken to the most. Um, what do you make of it? Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. Head of strategy is a beautiful title, isn't it? It's a That'll look great on his resume, but he, he is 100% right in what he said. There's no one that knows uh, BBL, T20 cricket better than Rick. He's watched potentially more of it, um, and, and, and he breaks down the game and players better than anyone. So it's, it's an unbelievable appointment. They've done very well to be able to secure him. The only concern is around him not being around on game days through his commitments on Channel 7. Well, can I stop you there? That's the question, isn't it? What, like, like it, I... I couldn't get a clear picture of that. I figured that he's going to be on most games around, but then... Yeah, look, I mean, in, in saying that out loud, you know, there is a potential he's around for Hurricanes games and calls everything else around. I mean, who, you know, how that plays out probably hasn't been detailed. I'm sure that they've, they've you know, they've crossed it off uh, behind closed doors. But if, if he has a game day role, well, that, that would be extraordinary. It'd be the greatest recruitment uh, in the history of uh, Tasmanian cricket, but if he doesn't have that game day role and he's kind of texting, you know, texting in from the sideline, yeah, it's, I, I'm not sure if that's problematic. I mean, it's a bit of a, it's got a bit of great cricket feel to it, where the coach puts his hand up to commit, but you know, has to work on Saturdays. Um, so it, it's it'll be interesting to see how the game day stuff pans out. But I mean, Rick has the greatest access to international players and coaches yes. through his name and reputation and his relationships. Yes, so, tick. Um, it, just a huge appointment. Um, and, and to be honest, the, the Hurricanes have always had great lists. I, I feel like they've always put together really good teams. Uh, they just haven't been able to nut it out on game days. It's kind of been their downfall with, you go back to last year, they were you know kind of guaranteed a spot in the four in the finals, they made the decision to rest their players. Um, the last roster game, uh, they they got smashed for 270, yep. um, went in with no momentum. So th- those types of decisions are where I think if Rick's around and heavily involved, um, you eliminate that stuff. You, know, you, you eliminate the ugliness of um, a, a lost um, final, or, you know, that round match yes. against Adelaide. Remember the last ball when they completely butchered it? Simon Malenko was putting on a masterclass last ball. The brain fade, poor field, lack of execution. You know, so again, if Ricky's involved, you kind of 
eliminate those blunders that have cost them so so dearly in the past. And one off the text here from Nutty. Hey, Flash and Jeevesy, I think there's only one answer to the stadium conundrum, the Live Golf Arena, given <laughs> that they are just handing out millions and millions and millions. Greg Norman, like extortionist. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just like don't think that Greg's going to be involved, but I love the text. Thank you very much from Nutty for coming in with that one. It does pose a question, though, Flash. What happens to cricket? So if the stadium goes ahead, mm, it does. You know, maybe cricket stays at Blunston and there's no cricket at this new stadium. Who knows? It's all ahead of us. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today on SEN Tassie. Jack and Flash with Jack Revolt and David Lithgow. My wife and I have been talking since we got home that um, Tasmania just felt like home. You know, from the the day we got there, it's been a family-friendly organization. Um, We lived in a great area, uh, met a lot of great people, something that, you know, is not always the case. And everyone has been more than willing to go out of their way to make us feel like Hobart's our home and we're very grateful for it and um, you can't put a price tag on the the way a community can make you feel. Wow, he's back. Josh Majette yesterday signing a one-year extension and will be part of the Jack Jumpers year two. Which, Brett, that's terribly exciting. Great news. So there's one big part of the puzzle in terms of the imports puzzle, um, Brett, that we now know. Um, still a little bit more to go and it's with good fortune we can have a chat now to Jorick Chivers the GM of Basketball Update it's on all things Josh Majette and everything else, good morning Jorick Morning guys, how are we doing? Terrific mate um, firstly, um, straight from the top uh, Josh Majette um, you must be thrilled to, to get one of uh, one of the imports uh, locked away yeah, no, it's really good, mate. Obviously, um, and just hearing that that grad there, the way Josh speaks about it, it's um, it's great to get a guy who's back. He sort of lives and breathes what we're all about, you know, especially in, in establishing this and keeping this thing going in year two. I think Josh is a, a real catalyst for what we try to do, not only on the court, but off the court. And, um, you know, it's great there's an organisation to hear a guy really, you know, all the hard work we put on him behind the scenes to make these guys feel comfortable and welcome and part of the community. It's really good to hear those sorts of comments. Jorik, given the... Uh the sense of community in that in that earlier quote. I want to run three names past you, locals, that we could potentially bring in. Mark Banovic, yep. Andrew Radai, Corey Davey. You can pick one only. <laughs> I reckon I reckon the rat probably, mate. I reckon Radai. He'd, he'd be, oh, he'd be, he'd be good to go around, wouldn't he? He's probably, he'd be up, there. He's probably up there ready, ready for a run. Gee, he, he, he caught he his retirement very early, didn't he, Radai? He looked a bit chubby. I caught up with him a few weeks ago. He didn't look in game shape. But uh, just keep, keep those, oh, mate, those, those names in the take, back of your head just in case. Yeah, yeah no worries. You've got a couple of, couple of, do you reckon they'll be good enough for the development spots, mate? Or they might be just a touch old, mightn't they? I'm not, I'm not sure Mark and CD could, could deal with development roles. But on a, on a serious <laughs> note, on a, on a serious note um, the hunt for, uh, for two more premium um, imports... Um, yes. Thon Maker back in the Boomer squad. Aaron Baines is floating around. Are, are, are they names that are well, well, I think that I'm, are potentials for you, Jorick? And on the back of that is, oh, I guess, to, where does that leave Josh Adams too? I mean, that's the third, second yeah. part of that question. Yeah. So, so we're, we're still we're still obviously rolling with Josh and um, obviously trying our best to get that over the line. We're um, yeah, just still in constant dialogue. Like I'm sort of speaking to his agent every day, if not every second day, and trying to get that one over the line. But um, 
you know, at some point in the, in the near future, we have to make a decision on whether we start looking at different options and, and move a different way. In terms of um, in terms of bigs, where we've got the fingers in a in a lot of pies, it's just a lot of a lot of work on the phones at the moment, on the Zoom, catching up with guys, and just trying to really find someone that's going to bring us that that extra bit of edge that we need to to obviously take us to that next level and, and hopefully win the championship next year. Uh, Jorick, on the back of Brett's conversation, you mentioned Thon Maker, Aaron Baines. Could you see a yeah? Could you see a role like we, we, let's look at last year? We, you and I talked about the basketball at the time. It was a phenomenal mm. small ball year. Magna went down, etc. Yeah. Can you fit in a, a magnate another seven footer? I mean, is that a? So we, defi- the... we definitely need definitely need size. So we're not we're not yep. discounting that any, but we also want athleticism and mobility. So it's um you know those guys 100 percent fit that bill, but from the conversations, and I'm, I'm sure there's, you know, nine other NBL clubs talking to those guys. That those guys are really adamant about getting themselves back to the NBA. So that's that's a difficult part we are at with with where we are at the moment. Like a lot of these guys want to go to summer league and really explore their NBA um, possibilities. So you've got you've got two options where you know, similar to what Southeast have done with Mitch Creek, you sign them, or, or Xavier Cooks recently, you sign them, and you give them NBA outs and Euro outs. But realistically, the you know, the, then the risk with that is is that the guys you know jump out in, in sort of late July, early August. And then you sort of start the search again, or you sort of keep working away with these guys and just sort of try to stand it out. But a lot of those guys won't make their decision on the NBL, I don't think, until sort of after summer league, uh, you know, summer league finishes in, in mid July, and sort of once summer camp invites start coming out at the end of July, then those guys will sort of know where they are. But you know, a guy like Baines and, and obviously even Thon Maker would be interested how he goes to the Boomers, like their top shelf talent, and obviously you know, would, would be very highly competitive in the NBL. So you never rule anyone out, but um, at this stage, it's a bit early for them to commit to the NBL. I guess uh, you know, thinking about the game as a fan, can can, can we expect a big name? You know, if, if you don't sign Josh Adams, uh, you've obviously got secondary import money available. It probably does mean that there's a little bit of cash uh, in the kitty to, to, to go on you know, to go and spend on a really you know a profile player, impact player. Can we expect a big name, or are you more thinking fit? You know, someone that isn't necessarily a big name, but will but will fit you know team culture. Um, Etc. Oh, with, with us, that the culture piece, obviously, as you know, with us is, is very important. That's that's Josh. That's all these guys we're talking about, and that's you know Thon Maker and Aaron Baines, those guys too. Like it's it's all about culture, and we obviously you know skill is is very very important. But um, you know, I guess the thing that to flip it back the other way, not a lot of people would have known about Josh Adams or Josh Michette before the season. But if if we were unlucky enough to get you know to get Josh Adams, we'd be getting someone of the same talent and ability. We hope, and obviously someone that can make the same impact. Whether people outside basketball circles know them, like. That might be a different piece of thing, but um, you know we're, we're going to bring in high-level guys. For us, it's just about being competitive and improving on, on last year. We probably um, went slightly overs in making all the way to finals games in terms of where we thought we'd be, but now that we've set the bar so high, we've got to try to maintain that, that consistency and, and regularly playing playoffs basketball and, and competing for championships. Fascinating situation. I get the feeling with Adams, Jorick, we're, we're in the final you know, minutes, hours, days, almost. Like, I feel with the tone of your voice that, you know, the next three, four to five days, this is decision time. Is that is that a fair statement? Yeah, that's that's a fair statement. I think by sort of early next week, um, you know, mid next week, if we if we haven't got the answer that we're hoping for, then obviously we'll have to have to move in a different direction. But um, you know, obviously working hard to to give Josh the time just to see if we can get this thing done and and work you know as many options as we can to try to make it work. But um, you know, obviously, Josh is a great guy and engaged, and he's, he's working with us too to try to make it happen as well. So it's not like it's um it's one sided. Like he, you know, he wants to come, but there's obviously things that we've got to tick off to make sure that um 
that it works for both parties. And, and obviously he's got interests, as you can imagine, from, from lots of other places. So it's just a matter of making sure we can get something to work for, for both sides and, and do it. It's just, you know, these are just negotiations. It's hard sometimes. It doesn't quite happen as easy as it did with, with Majette. So we just got to keep working away and see if we can get a solution. Uh, uh, just a quick tidbit. Um, Scotty Roth sort of announced last week or semi-announced that probably Mikhail McIntosh's future sadly won't be with the Jack Jumbers. We can con- confirm that. The wording is that we're, we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're working away, but obviously Mikhail, you know, you never say never. There might be a, a situation where he comes back, but we're definitely exploring other options at the moment, and he's doing the same. So, uh, and, um, and yeah, I know it, it could be a perfect story, does man. And he look, you must look back fondly at how he um, how he finished his time. If this is the end of the time with the Jack Jumpers, yeah. So if, if he does finish up, I guess the hard the hardest thing for Mikhail is obviously he, he was a bit slow out of the blocks. He didn't he didn't he quite was. adjust the league quickly enough. And obviously, we recruited Mikhail to complement Will Magnay. So when Will Magnay went down, our expectations for Mikhail changed. You know, he was sort of a more versatile four that could play in the perimeter and stretch defenders and create matchup problems to, to play alongside a big that could protect the rims and get a lot of rebounds. So when Will went down, it sort of put a lot more pressure on McCall to do things that probably, you know, we didn't recruit him to do in terms of rebounding the ball, um, blocking shots and stuff like that, which isn't part of his game. So I think the second half of the season, he was, he was huge. I think once McCall figured the league out and figured his role out, that's sort of when we started rolling as a team and, and moving forward and really becoming competitive. So very thankful for what McCall has done. And you know, obviously wish him all the best and hopefully he picks up something that's that's good for him and another good fit for him. But um, as we say, like we're definitely looking at, at other options. If it, it might swing around and come full circle and someone like Mikhail does come back, you never say never, but um, at this stage we're looking at elsewhere. Jorah Chivers, thanks for jumping in and having a chat to you, mate, and we'll stay in touch over the winter periods. All the best. Love it, boys, and thanks always for the support. Really appreciate it. Jorah Chivers, thanks, Jack Jumpers. GM of basketball, Brett Jeeves, and that was good news from the Majette perspective yesterday. And as the Adams, it sounds like a 50-50, doesn't it? Like, does he take less money, stay here, or does he look elsewhere? It's going to be fascinating to see what happens. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On SEM Tassie, Jack and Flash. With Jack Revolt and David Lithgow. Of course, with Brett Jeeves as well this morning. Jackie Boy coming up after 8am. The Tigers getting a super important win last night. Don't underestimate how big a win that was for the Richmond Footy Club. I know our executive producer Mitch Scott who texted me 409 times last night when the game was on. Uh, He knew, he knew that was life or death in a sense. The Tigers, a big win. Looking forward to chatting to Jack. Now, Brett, tomorrow, this is exciting. As you know, very much an OHA person, and you're actually an OHA person too. People forget when you were retired from cricket, you came and played a few games with me, and I reckon you had 13 or 14 touches in the first quarter at OHA that week. I think it might day. have been more, to be honest. <laughs> I think you had a lot of it. <laughs> and then pinned your hamstring, didn't play again that year from memory. But um, OHA and Hutchins tomorrow, and Dane Swan's running around for the mighty ships. Now, he had 40 nearly for St Kilda City during the week. Um the Ships, of course, have won the last two premierships, lost nine premiership players from the year. They've had a big five or six-year run, but they've got a few back over recent times. Beat St. Virgil's two weeks ago, lost a dose of a kick last week. They're undefeated, and they bring in Dane Swan tomorrow. It's going to be freezing. I hope he's got his thermo thermals. It's actually really good to see some of, those, awesome. some of the former players. Awesome. There's some footage of uh, Dale Thomas during the week 
running around and, and winning a game for uh, Neil, I think, NHIL, yes. who, who were, they hadn't come close to a victory for a while. Yeah, and I saw that. He steered them home, which was terrific. And it's, and it's good to see them all looking a bit chubby as well. I kind of <laughs> like the former athlete that, that goes and eats the, uh, eats the ham quiches from Banjos. It's a, it's a good thing. So North Hobart tomorrow, 1 p.m., RHA versus Hudson's Go and watch the mighty ships and the beans. I'm not a Hutchins person, as you know, Brett, but... I've got too many people I know there that I like, so that's made things a bit difficult to hate the beans as much as I used to. Private school, public school thing, isn't it, for us? It's a little bit like that. Yeah. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On SEN Tassie, Jack and Flash. With Jack Revolt and David Lithgow. Hello and welcome to another big hour of Jack and Flash. We're live on 1629 SEN Tasmania, 1611 SEN track, Northern Tasmania and right around the country on the SEN app. All thanks to Harrison Agents, Tasmanian real estate experts, David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves with you here, filling in for, well, the Richmond champion. And I tell you what, was that an important victory last night, Brett Jeeves, for the mighty Tigers as they got the job done, it was pretty hard work. 11-11-77, Richmond defeating Port Adelaide. 10-5-65, and what a pleasure it is to have the champ himself. Three-time carbon medalist, three-time premiership player, three-time everything. He, happy to tell you as well, Jack Revolt, good morning. Morning, boys. How are we? I'm good, mate. Now, how about you? You look like you're... Um, what was that? You had a bit of a digit issue last night. You looked a little bit, you had a bit of taping around your hand. You were a bit frustrated there for a while. You got rid of it. Um, yeah. That was a big win, young man. Yeah, it was. Uh, I just had a, bit of, had a small finger issue flash over the last sort of week and a half. Okay. Just a bit of a fracture that got infected. So I've um, just oh been doctor's orders was to wear the glove to try and protect the last night. But after <laughs> I, I ran it, basically an open goal with about 20. For 20 metres out and dribbled it along the ground and missed it. I threw it off. And the little ball too, then... don't worry. There was just a nice little, <laughs> yeah, yeah, little, yeah, little yeah, side. Yeah. I was happy with that. Usually I get chased yeah. down when I do stuff like that. But, um, it was slow as treacle, uh, which it made it work. Yeah, it wasn't one to, uh, that we'll be putting in the time capsule and sending it out of space to attract people to the uh, planet. I can tell you that right now. It was a uh, hard-fought win. And it was a hard-fought win. And let's not... Um, I mean, Port Adelaide have been in really, really good form the last four or five weeks. Um, they had everything to play for last night. Yeah, I suppose both clubs probably did flash man. You've only got to look back to two weeks for us. And we lost that game against the Sydney Swans where we arguably should have won by under a kick. And um, it was close at the end of the game last night. And... I think credit to the probably the coaching staff that some tactical moves uh, in that last quarter. We saw Gibkus go forward, Bolter went back, um, and Liam Baker, who, I mean, I wish we could clone him and have three of him. He went forward and he was fantastic in that last quarter and, and probably was one of the main reasons, if not the main reason, why we come away with the four points and we uh, we, we move on. Jack, um just help me understand something. So you took the glove off at half time. Is that is that normal for you? He doesn't normally nah, wear it. <laughs> nah, 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 Jay. Sorry, no, no. That was that was poor from me. I had to run that past the producer. 
boys are uh, calling me Quinton last night. Well, there's, well there's, there's been some good glove wearers. Uh, DeLuca for Carlton. He was a double glove man. Yeah. Um, David Lithgow's got style too. Yeah, yeah, you were wearing those bike pants too for a while. And the three-quarter bike pant things, you were rolling more tracksuits. Um, so, <laughs> so you uh, double teamed last night. Was that... Is that Port Adelaide structure, just rolling a man back, or is that fear? Which of the two? Uh, no, I think it's just the general way most sides play these days. They they rotate their defence from from the the opposite side of the ground, so defenders try and get line of goal. And generally, as a key forward, you try and position yourself line of goal to to be that bail, uh, that longer kick out of your back line. Uh, and they're a very good defence. You only got to look at the. Probably the two players that drop off more than anyone else, Tom Jones uh, and Aaliyah Aaliyah. I mean, Aaliyah's an All-Australian. If he hasn't been an All-Australian, he should be because he's a fantastic player. And, and Jonas has done it for a long time now. So um, conditions sort of suited that game where it was going to be maybe a bit longer, but um, sort of faced some the same last week against the Swans. It's that um, I actually quite enjoy the, the, the 2v1 because you know that whilst you're under the pump and you're in the battle of 2v1, there's, a, there's got to be an advantage somewhere else. So generally for us, that advantage is on the ground level. It's a, yeah, pretty good point. Um, Jonas was outstanding last night. I thought he played well. And Lear's just got this ground level presence as well, isn't he? He's good in the air, but the ball hits the deck and yeah. it's just fast. He, he, he gets it and runs. I, I guess one of, the, one of the talking points from last night was the head clash of uh, Butters and, and, and Jonas. Uh, out on the on the wing, um, obviously you know you you probably can't comment on what took place beyond that. They both came back onto the ground, but just help us understand that concussion protocol. So if you are uh, if you walk off with half your face missing, like uh, poor Butters did last night, and he came back on, how how, how does that process unfold? Yeah, I think um, I, I actually can't remember the incident, but I can remember seeing both those boys at the end of the game. I mean, Tommy Jonas looked like he'd been poked in the eye and. Uh, about 25 times, and someone had farted on his pillow, and he had pink eye as well. But and then and the um, young Butters had, had half his cheek ripped off and had his nose taped up left, right, and centre. But um, the way that works is, I think you come off, and, and um, there's there's audio visual screens on the actual bench as well. So their their club doc would have looked at the incident, and clearly, from what I've heard, it was a, a fairly heavy clash. And to have injuries like that, I mean, it has to be a fairly heavy clash, but. There you go into the care of every club's professional doctor. So, I mean, they're, they're the right people to be making those decisions. And, I mean, they both come back on the ground. So, clearly, their medical professional thought that they were okay and gave them clearance. So, as far as anyone's concerned, you, you, you believe that 100% because doctors are out there. And whilst people think they play for the advantage of sides and maybe push the boundaries, first and foremost, the well-being of players is the one thing that, that any medical professional will or put in front of, of anything else. So um, whilst it looks gruesome, clearly it didn't have a, a concussion impact. Nervous moments last night. What happened, mate? You were four or five goals up, um, looked to be in semi-cruise mode. Um, anything structurally that, that didn't work for you? I mean, I, I looked at the stats there as Port Adelaide would come back into the, into the game, and they certainly had their hands on the footy a lot more than your mob did. Um, what did you feel like at, at, on the ground? What changed? Yeah, it was interesting. Flash. Probably the first 10 minutes, they, re, they really dominated the game and then we were able to arrest momentum in that first quarter and, and 
got our game up and going and we were defending really well. I mean, come away from the game last night and you see 64 inside 50s. And what has been a strength of us is converting inside 50s to scores. And last night we were down at sort of 30% when usually we're, we're sort of mid 50s to high 50s. And um, we've never been a side that ha- accumulates a lot of possessions, um, probably just due to the way we play. Um, but certainly last night they, they beat us in that second quarter and, and most of the third quarter as well, contested possession. So um, it's an important part of the game to get your hands on the footy first and those contested battles, even the ones that are outside that initial contest. So if you think more contested possession in open field play have an extremely large value. So um, credit to our guys. We were able to arrest momentum there and, and get back in the last quarter. But, uh, there's a few things for us to continue to improve. Um, it's funny, a lot of lot of players, a lot of clubs now are saying the saying that you don't want to play in your best footy right now. Uh, whilst you want to get to the get to the the start of the finish line, which is obviously the finals, you still want to continue to build your game over the uh, over the back end of the season. So, hopefully for us, this is a, a stepping stone in the right direction. Um, I mean, credit to to the guys to come away for with four points in a game, which could have easily gone both ways. I just uh, noticed with interest, David King this morning has has said that, well, 2019 seems very familiar to 2022 as far as the Tigers go. Um, do you have that similar feeling? Um, oh, it's interesting. Like you, People obviously draw correlations to the past as they do in, in, in sort of any aspect of life. So, um, But we've got to be really careful that we don't buy into that um, and, and rely on that. Like... Um, there is an element of uh, belief because you've done it before you know, from a similar sort of position and um, there is a, an element of history there. But history won't won't get us over the line and get us to where we want to go. We know there's a, there's a whole host of hard work that needs to happen. And Flash the Game, boys, it, cha- it changes so much and it's changed so much since 2019. And, um, we're, we're, in with, we're in with a shot. That's 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 the most important thing that we're we're in with a shot, and we do believe uh, internally that our best football is as good as anyone's in the AFL. So it comes down to to us playing our best football, and that's probably the same story for for every side really. That if you're five percent off or you're five percent above where you usually are, the games can can swing pretty easily. I think Jack, that uh, that the comment around two thousand nine nineteen. What I see is the defensive pressure is exactly the same. Uh, Port Adelaide had no room to move um, throughout the bulk of last night. Handballs getting smothered, kicks smothered, tackle people being thrown to the ground. That with knock-ons. It was just a really strong defensive effort. That's obviously a huge focus for your club and and, and your team setup. Yeah, Jay, it was probably the thing that we described as our our one wood. Um, which is another saying Wild that I've heard a few times saying lately. Yeah, our one would. <laughs> yeah. um, actually, I was going to ask you, Jay, that, that, did, did Reese yeah. Davison take a one wood off the one? Oh, big Reese. Yes, one he on, did. No, he would have a three on, wood. On, he would have a three wood. Yeah, he smacks okay. it. Um, yeah, no, so defensively, that mindset um, is one important to us because we know it works for us. But you also look for infectious parts of, of your game and, and what can you get what buying can you get from your defensive side and I even look at to the start of probably the the Sydney game two weeks ago the ability to have I think 10 holding the ball free kicks 
22 forward 50 tackles two weeks ago and then to continue to build on that, um, it, it really is infectious. And that's when you got, get guys probably a bit like myself and maybe that are not less defensively minded, but um, maybe slanted to the offensive side more than the defensive side. That's when you get that just real infectious buying because you don't want to be the one that's that's not doing it. You you, you start mm. to think, oh, I'm a chance, I'm a chance, and delay uh, delays the, the 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 game. It hesitates, and and that's why I mean our backs are, and have been for a long time one of the best intercepting defenses in the competition. So um, they go hand in hand. The other thing, Jack, that, that sticks out about 2019 and you in particular is that you're playing this boring team-based footy yourself. Uh, and it's good for the team, obviously, but there are a couple of passages of play last night where I, I felt like you should have been really selfish, uh, snapped over your shoulder, you know, the old cliche of no U-turns. Do the U-turn and, and go yourself um, do, do you quite often, now in your early days, it was a bit of a hit on you that uh, that you loved a little bit of the glory. Do, do you sometimes feel, and particularly last night, there a couple of times where you gave it off and points were kicked. Do you think to yourself after that, geez, I should have gone on my own? Uh, oh, no, Jay. We, we chat about um, if you, even if you have a shot, maybe someone has a better shot. So um, as the leader of the forward line, or sorry, as one of the leaders of the forward line, um, if I expect um, guys to, to 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 walk in that manner and behave in that manner, then I've got to do it myself. And probably an area that we let ourselves down in last night is we, we, we maybe had those extra one or two possessions to get an easier shot on goal. And um, yeah, so that that's a real area of improvement for us. And it's um, certainly it doesn't come down to selfishness. It just comes down to to, to being just calm and composed with the ball and and an area that we can also improve is is just rushing forward a bit too much sort of centre forward so um, whilst we come away with the points we also come away with some really good learning lessons for for going forward Uh, The AFL's meeting yesterday young man, Jeremy Rockcliffe all the heavy hitters, punter even came down not sure people knew he was in town it wasn't for the AFL. You did flash round. You were onto that before wow. he got on that plane. Sometimes right you now. get some good. Sometimes you get some mail. Um, Gil McLaughlin, obviously uh, in town. What did you take out of yesterday? Um, oh no! Look, I think the AFL is clearly playing hardball at the moment mm. um, about uh, about the the stadiums. One thing that they want to see um, go hand in hand with the with the, the team actually being um, allowed to have the licence. But it's funny. Like I'm, I'm glad people are, are using Adelaide Oval as a good example. I mean, this is not only going to be a football mecca, it's just going to be a, a, a huge cultural mecca. I mean, the article yesterday in the Mercury where, I mean, Dark Mofo's director, Lee Carmichael, spoke about how good that would be for like attracting good artists to the city. Oh. How big Dark Mofo could be, how big the the taste could be, or, or what does that look like around that? What does the Big Bash look like? It's it, it'll happen, Flash. Like a lot of people, and there's been some media commentary in the in the week. And I mean, Tom Brown. I don't know. I don't know what happened to him in Tasmania because finish he him. Dead set. finish him. He dead set. Be careful, Jackson. Be careful. Pushing. Oh, I might have had, I might have asked him last night. What what. What he was thinking, but where's he's, the mail he's coming from? The one man, oh, flash, which happens over breakfast. We know both know that, but um, <laughs> he's pushing it. And I and but I come away from last week 
and I know that I've, I've full belief that this is going to. It's, it's everyone I'm playing wavering from moment. Revolt. Ducks I'm and wavering. It, it's it's. Cash. I could not be more confident where it is at the moment. I'm, I'm I'm extremely excited, and we do need a stadium. It hundred percent. You need do. a stadium, and the AFL just want to obviously have that in stone that it comes as a part of that 19th license and granting the Tasmanian um, people their own their own team. Can I leave you with one more thing? Um, lots to talk about. We could have talked about Judson Clark making his debut last night. Um, one word, or just 20 seconds, Dylan Grimes. What does Dylan Grimes mean to Jack Revolt in his 200th uh, game a, last night? Uh, he epitomises everything we're about, Flash. Um, yeah. He's a great captain. He's a great person. Um, and He's awesome. Uh, I'm so glad we got it done for him last night. Well, look. Just keep the lines open. You've been semi-bullish to me all year before season. Said, we're okay, Flash. Just let us hang in, hang in. And that's what you're doing at the moment, the Mighty Tigers. Of course, you'll be playing Thursday night next week. And, well, we might have uh, Brett here for one more week. And we'll have another chat with Jack next week. Maybe the Tigers are getting on a roll. Good to have you here, mate. Hey, boys. Good work. Hey, Jack. Talk to you soon. Jack Brevard, what up? And that was a super important win last night for Richmond. Don't uh, don't forget about that. Because Port Adelaide, they absolutely had to win, Brett. I really wanted Jack to go full glory with oh, his, in, 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 his, in his response to my question around the selfishness. I wanted to know, deep down, I reckon he wanted to go snap, full U-turn. Anyway, that, that was Jack he's Reed. playing good footy. Yep, playing good footy. Obviously under a bit of duress last night, but uh, he hasn't had much luck with his digits, no. broke his hand in game one, and obviously had that issue as well, but the Tigers are winning, and that's all that will concern him. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On SEN Tassie, Jack and Flash. With Jack Revolt and David Lithgow. Thanks for joining us this morning. David Lithgow and Brett Jeeves with you talking all things Tasmanian sport. Great to have Jack Revolt on the Mighty Tigers. They get to, what are they up to now, seven wins? The Tigers still very much alive going forward. This is a good story, Brett, and this is what us Tasmanians love to hear. Love it when a Tasmanian finds their way onto an AFL list. And we've done it again. Thankfully, North Hobart's John Menzi was picked up by Eston last week after doing the first half of the year with South Adelaide in the SANFL. Jai, good morning to you and congratulations, mate. You must have had a whirlwind 10 days. Good morning, fellas. Yeah, um, yeah, thank you. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been a crazy, crazy week now, so no, I'm just keen to, keen to get stuck in with the boys. Take us uh, back to the mid-season draft night, mate. What was your... Uh, tell us about the day. Did you have a, a, an inkling the Bombers were circling? Was there other, another team perhaps in the mix? Um, take, you, take us back to your mindset about the big day when you, your dreams were realised. Um, yeah, so I had mentioned before that I, I, I was speaking to about four clubs. So I think it came down to... Uh, Essendon was the main my main chance. So yeah, obviously all day I was I was at work, so I was a bit nervous. It was probably one of the longest days I've had. So um, I was just at training with with all the boys at South, and then I went inside and watched it with one of the coaches, and then I yeah found out then and called some family, and then went back out and trained with the South Adelaide boys. 
What, what was the moment like for you? Um, it's every kid's dream um, to, to be a professional or that, the proper top-end player. Um, it's taken you a couple of years, mate. Um, was it overwhelming? What was the initial feeling as the dust settled? Um, do you feel like an AFL player? Um, yeah, initial feeling, obviously, just felt like the weight of the world was off my shoulders. Obviously, I've, I've been trying and wanting this for a long time. So, no, I was just, I was happy. I was over the moon. I was just, it was a whole lot of emotions all in one. So, yeah. Um, um, yeah, obviously, being a trainer now, it's it's, it's crazy being with, with players that I've been looking at on TV and inspiring to be like so no it's it's it's, a, it's an absolute honor so awesome awesome stuff Jai. now I'm, I'm keen to know about the difference in in structures and you know so you've come from South Adelaide SANFL uh, you, you'll debut for SN and VFL this week ha, has it been difficult to to understand uh, the difference in in structure and you know you've obviously got to adapt to that is, is that going to be difficult for you um no, it shouldn't be too difficult. I'm I'm usually a pretty good, pretty decent learner, so it's not like a whole lot different. Like you, it's going to be pretty similar. It's just they use different language and things like that. So it's just picking up the language and and taking that on board. But no, it should be pretty pretty fine. And all the all the VFL boys will help me out. So nice work, mate. And and so what were you doing for work in Adelaide? Um, so I was just starting my apprenticeship um, in carpentry, so it's just a first year. So yeah, I was on the tools, on the tools all the time. Is that is that something that you'll continue in Melbourne? Are you, are you going to try and keep an eye towards that? Yeah, I reckon so. I reckon I'll just I'll focus on footy for a little bit and, and get settled in here, and then I can I'll pick that back up. So well, my advice would be to you, young man, having dealt with builders a lot uh, every day of my working life, and. Some big coin in it, mate. You know, what, 80, 90 bucks an hour now. So when the footy's uh, washed up, hopefully in 12 or 13 years' time, you it's certainly a great skill to get. Is that something, in all seriousness, is is that encouraged by the footy club? That, okay, you've here's this young man. He's come in as a 19, 20-year-old. Uh, is, that, is that a conversation that's obviously happened, that let's find a way to continue upskilling yourself in your post-footy career? Yeah, no, it's... Definitely a conversation we've already had. They've, they've already talked to me about it and asked what I want to do. And I just said, for now, I reckon I just want to settle in and, and focus on my footy, and then we'll pick that back up later on. Good on you. Yeah, good good decision there. And in, in terms of the future, so the mid-season draft, are you guaranteed a contract for next year, or do you have to negotiate that? What's, what's the plan for next year and beyond for you with Essendon? Um, no, not guaranteed. I'll have to negotiate. So hopefully, I can I can have a good um, back end of the season and and make sure make sure I get a contract. So who are the mighty bombers got this week, Jai, in the VFL? Uh, we we got Carlton. So be a good matchup. I think they're I think they're sitting fifth or sixth. So yeah, yes. be good. What were, what was Ben Rutten's message for you? Um, so as you've walked into the into the mighty Windy Hill doors, or even though it's Tullamarine, of course, these days, what was the over or the the message that you that you took out of the first conversation with the coach? Um, yeah, he just gave me some confidence. You said I've obviously been picked for a reason, and like um, there's a, the forwards, I guess you could say, struggling a little bit, and they've they've had a few injuries up forward. So he said there's a spot on the team. So if I can if I can continue to play some Good footy. Hopefully, I can I can get a shot. 
And Jai, if you think back to your, your time in Tassie as a, as a young fella learning the game, who, who are some of the more influential uh, people that have played a part in you becoming an AFL player? Um, I think just coming through the, the Devils program, I think yeah, you've got names like Matthew Armstrong, um, Robbie Devine, uh, Cameron Joyce, and his coach. Like, yeah, all all great influences on my on my footy career. So, yeah. And when and when you made the move to the to the SA NFL um, over there, strong Tassie contingent with South Adelaide. Uh, again, yeah. who 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 were some of the people that that have that have made an impact on you uh, as part of that program? Yeah, obviously there's five Tassie boys there, so um, <laughs> um, yeah, I think that was that was that helped me a lot coming over, transitioning, and it made me settle in a lot quicker. So no, I think obviously you got Jared Wright as a coach, very experienced. Um, they've obviously got Brent Riley as well. Um, yeah, so just all all them type of people, the forward forward coach, Pratt's, um No, I think everyone's been very influential in my my footy career. We're talking to John Menzies, the latest recruit for the Essendon Footy Club. Um, what what's your mindset now, Jai, for the season? Um, you get a you get a taste of the VFL this week. Obviously, very much a similar standard to what you've been playing. Um, you've got some senior footy in you this year. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, awesome. I played yep. A, good. Good. Um, yeah, I played the first half of the season with South Adelaide seniors. So now I'm just keen to get stuck in and and try and earn the respect of the of the AFL boys and play my role and just, yeah, do my part and hopefully I can string together a few games and and then put my name up for contention. And, and they do, the Bombers do have a few injuries and things. It's been a bit of a tough year. Um, yeah. I guess from your perspective, starting this week against the Blues and the VFL, um, you're not far away with a couple of good games of footy. Yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully I can, yeah, as I said, just bring my pressure and in my tackling and um, yeah, just hopefully, hopefully I can play some good footy and and then yeah, put my name up, which would be ideal. So, well, from from all of us here, mate, at SEN Tasmania and everybody in Tasmania out there listening, well done to you, young man. Congratulations on realising your dream. Um, give it your best shot, mate. We're going to be sitting here watching you and and very excited about the opportunity it presents for you. Thanks, lads. Thanks for having me. It's it's an honour. Thank you. Enjoy. Yeah, terrific to have young nice young John. Fantastic to have John Menzi with us this morning. He's he's going to get his opportunity. He's a goal kicker. He's he's a tackling machine. Um, well, that's awesome. And, he's, and he, he's in a good spot too because the spot. Bombers are kind of yeah. yeah battling a little bit. So you know, hopefully there is an opportunity if he can get a like he said if he can get a couple of good weeks of footy Definitely. under his belt, he's going to be right in the mix. Harrison Agents. To buy, sell or rent in Tasmania, search Harrison Agents today. On SEN Tassie, Jack and Flash. With Jack Revolt and David Lifter. It's hot. Real hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. That's hot. This is hot. It's so damn hot. Not uh, yes, Hot or Not is back for another edition here on Jack and Flash with Brett Jeeves and David Lithgow this morning. A few more texts coming through here, Brett. This one here, many years ago, I was lucky enough to have a chat to Michael Gedinski. I asked him about getting the big name to Tasmania. He said, we needed a venue with a roof that holds 30,000 people. The likes of Springsteen, Sheeran and Foo Fighters will tour. A stadium with a roof 
is not all about the AFL. Flash from the Trove. Thank you very much, Flash, for getting involved. And I think that's probably a good hot or not question, actually. Um, I'll it's start hot. with that. It's I'm, I'm going to add nah, it. It's it, hot. it is hot. Yeah. Uh, is uh, oh damn hot? Is it an absolute critical element to this the stadium, Brett Jeeves? Hot or not? Hot. Hot as a pistol. Oh, it's hot. Absolutely yeah, hot. Yeah, Springsteen. I mean, he's, he's old, but I, I would go. Everyone would go. That'd be huge. All right. Well, let's get back to the order from what we've got here on the screen in front of us. The big topics from the last few days, hot or not. Jack, oh, Jake Melksham, I should say, is very lucky to have sc- escaped suspension for his role in the scuffle with Stephen May. The club, is, uh, club gave both players community service for fighting and may copped a week for drinking whilst under concussion protocols. He's lucky to have escaped. Mm. Uh, not. No. Not. Um, he, uh, it sounds in reading. Now, he's uh, missing uh, this week, of course, because uh, he's infected. Fractured hands. <laughs> or infected, infected. Like, punched him straight in the gob by yeah. the looks of things. Yeah. Um, it, it sounds like he was actually sticking up for uh, his teammate. Stephen May was on a rampage, just kind of... Rolling yeah. out verbals to anyone that would that would take it, and some hard stuff as well. You know, like oh, you wouldn't know you're in the twos, and, sure. Yeah, stuff that can be quite divisive in in teams. So, and it sounds like Melcham stuck up for the right. the other players. Have ended up rolling over to the grass on the other side. I'm pretty much sure. I'm not telling Jake Melcham anything. <laughs> He's a, a golden gloves. Oh, He's a boxer of. So 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 does the rounds, but uh, Stephen May is probably lucky to have only got a week. Oh, I think to so. be fair, he's what on concussion he protocols. He's picked a fight verbally. His teammates probably two or three weeks there, but no. um, he's important to Melbourne. So just, now, just sit, just sit it out, boys. Hot or not, flashy. Josh Adams will stay a jack jumper. Oh gosh, I want it so bad to be hot, and I'm look, I'm leaning, leaning just towards a hot. But do what is hot. I told you, game. Oh, look, oh, I'm only just learning that way. What do you reckon? I'm not sure they can afford him. And he's mm. he's the one that's tough to replace. Ooh, well, I mean, we're sure, you know, we saw Magno go down. Yep. Kyle McIntosh did an amazing job awesome. in, as his replacement. Yeah, and, and they will miss him. Yeah, I think so. And it was it was good observation from and honest observation from Jorick as well yep. earlier. I thought that was great. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he's the hardest one to replace, Flashy. Hot or not? Kevin Sheedy's comments on the Essendon Supplements saga were extremely poor. Timed in a week, the club is celebrating its 150th anniversary. Oh, my gosh. This is so darn hot. This is boiling hot. Kevin, what are you doing? What, what's he, what are you doing, Kevin? Not what, sure. why, like, why come out this week in a cheerleading role? And that's your job at the footy club to be a cheerleader. He's a director now. Stop it. I mean, he, he'd still want... James Hurd to coach the club next year, if you asked him. It's it, it's it's hard because he's a passionate Essendon supporter. I understand that he's maybe a little blinded by his loyalty, oh, but a lot Shoot. blinded, but um, you know, in this instance, you know, seeking apologies and different things. Uh, they they played an enormous role in the demise of forty young men. It's uh it was abysmal. Uh hot or not, flashy, the Sydney Swans president, Andrew Pridham, your man, and Tom Brown, also your man. Should be first on the list to get the Tasmanian tour from the task force. Well, I, I'm not 100% sure of the question. Is it a more... Can you elaborate? Are we saying... I think uh, I think what we're saying yes. is that um, should Pridham and Brown be given a tour of the state? Just to show, oh, them, just to well, show them what we've got. Based on, Potentially sure. what they're missing out on. 
Based on... Because they, they are anti this well, in they a have, major way. Yeah, with all due respect, I'm not sure they have any idea. Andrew Pridham's purely very much talks in dollars and cents, everything. And it is an important component to it. But, mate, you don't get it, Andrew. What like he doesn't understand? This is all about, and they're the guys to keep talking about. Send North Melbourne down here. No, no one cares. No one wants North Melbourne. We don't want the Mighty Hawks. We want Tasmania. We're passionate. We're a proud state, and that is stop talking about peripheral stuff that doesn't matter. I think I think what Pritton doesn't see as well is the impact on footy oh, in the, in in Tassie. So Mick McGregor in the paper, yes. famous footy name, yep. worked in participation game development for cricket Tasmania as well. So yep. he understands participation and numbers has yes. come out and and has, is concerned about the lack of participation numbers in football in Tasmania, which shouldn't happen. We're a heartland. It Absolutely. should not happen. Hot or not, State of Origin must make a return to the AFL. And if so, and if so Tasmanians would be happy to be re- represented as part of the Allies. On next week's show, we're actually going to be picking an Allies team for what it's worth. Oh, there you go. Um, yeah, we need State of Origin. I think that's We don't need sense. Allies. Though, do we? Oh, don't uh, well, it depends if we get our own team. Maybe that can be part of the negotiation. Uh, if we're represented each week, we're, we're happy to contribute to the Allies. But... Uh, Victoria, um, I used to love watching Victoria, South Australia, awesome. smash each other. Um, but but of course there was, the, um, was that incident where um, oh, the Hawthorne Ford crafty did his knee, chased yes. down by a teammate. I think maybe Darren Jarman uh, ran him. Oh, I, I forget how a player, Tony Hall was the player that did his knee. Um, He's and, a beautiful player. Yeah, team. and it kind of but just a real dampener on it. So you can understand why it doesn't happen, but the fans love it. Uh, hold on, not the AFL relaxation of the dissent rules are a win for common sense, but they should not have been communicated. They should have been communicated clearly by the AFL. The, the communication has been outrageous from the AFL on this front. Uh, they started the year with it being hot. Um, and, oh, that's hot. And now it's not. Like, it is so not. stinky. They have, they have dropped the ball so badly on this. The intention was great, and that's the key in it. Um, and as the year's gone on, um, the, the way it's been adjudicated has been farcical. Maybe not as farcical as this restricted area nonsense that carries on each week. I mean, there are guys getting pinned that are having no impact on the game whatsoever. So uh, I'm going with a huge not. Not. Yes, a huge not. not. Now for you. Hot or not, the Socceroos will defeat Peru on Ooh. Tuesday morning and qualify for the 20. 20- 22 World Cup. I'm glad it's not in Peru. Neutral venue in the UAE. Ranked number 22 in the world, Peru. I watched the game the other day. That was a little bit more second half, a little bit of attacking flair. I, I reckon we're going to get in the back door here, and I'm saying hot. Socceroos will make their fifth or was it sixth World Cup in a row, which considering the state of the A-League, etc., etc., I think that's a terrific effort. That was hot on up, Brett. Thank you for your contribution.